Worship, your source for commentary and discussion on worship, theology, and culture. I'm your host, Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. Welcome to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones, and we are continuing through the Psalm Project. We are here in Psalm 61, and uh, uh, this is an interesting psalm. There are elements of lament, of thanksgiving, and petition, and they're combined together in this one psalm of eight verses. Um, the title is to the, to the choir master with stringed instruments. It is a Psalm of David. The English title that we often have in our um, English Bibles might say something like, lead me to the rock. And so um, this is a very memorable Psalm. Uh, you might've heard this Psalm before, or at least elements of this Psalm. So let's get into it. Let me read you Psalm 61. Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. For you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me the heritage of those who fear your name. Prolong the life of the king. May his years endure to all generations. May he be enthroned forever before God. Appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. So will I ever sing praises to your name as I perform my vows day after day. So this is a a short psalm. Um, The setting that I've chosen to use is... Uh, a major key, sort of a um, a very uh, bold setting musically. Uh, a um, major key, F major is what I've set it in, and it's a very hymnic setting. So when you hear it, you'll understand it's a three-four hymn. For for some reason, uh, a lot of modern hymns that are written, you think of "In Christ Alone" or. Uh, hymns like that, they're in 3-4. 3-4 tends to be a very hymnic uh, time signature. And so this setting is in a 3-4 hymnic setting, but it is also very bold uh, and declarative. And uh, so let's look at this psalm and break this down a little bit, as short as it is. Um, verse 2 is the first thing that stands out to me. When David says, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. In verse 2 he says, from the end of the earth I call to you. And what he means here is that he's at a distance from the sanctuary on Mount Zion, and and he feels himself to be far off from God. Whatever the reason is, he just feels like he is far from the Lord. Now, this is not the first time we have seen this type of thing, especially from David. There are certainly times when he has felt far off from God and and even questioned and, and said, God, where are you? Or are you sleeping? And that type of thing. We know God doesn't sleep. Um, but he, is, he feels himself to be far from God. Uh, but then he says, lead me to the rock in verse 2. So he comes to a critical recognition that he doesn't have the strength to res- rescue himself. He can only turn to God in trust. 
And how often is that what it takes in our own lives to come to a place where we maybe hit rock bottom, uh, no, no pun intended there, but where we hit rock bottom for God to bring us to the real rock, to himself. I've been through that myself. Maybe you have too, where you have to go through some pain and some difficulty, and that is perhaps the only thing that will do it. That is the only thing that will bring you to where you need to be spiritually. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there have been times in my life where I had to learn the hard way. And, you know, I would have saved myself a lot of trouble and pain had I not uh, gone my own direction, had I not listened to my own self and my own heart, and had I followed God and his wisdom and the wisdom of Scripture. And uh, so David comes to this recognition. He says, lead me to the rock. He cannot rescue himself. And then in verse 3, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower, against the enemy. God has protected David here in the past against his enemies. And so this phrase leads us to believe that David is not only physically distant from the temple, but he is perhaps engaged in a military action for which he needs God's help. Remember, David was a king. So military um, action would have been common to him. He would have known what it is to be at war and to lead battles we we often don't think about that. We think, well, David was a king. He just sat in his palace all day. No, no, there were times when he was at war. One of the times when he should have been at war and he should have been focused on the battle at hand, he was not. And that's when he, um, that's when he saw Bathsheba. He should have been out at war, at battle with his armies, but he was in his palace uh, tending to his own selfish desires. Uh, David would have known against, uh, he would have known about war and about battles. And so uh, perhaps that is the context of this Psalm. Verse four, let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. So he longs for God's fellowship, bringing us back to verse two, where he says, from the end of the earth, I call to you. He longs for fellowship with God. This phrase under the shelter of your re- of your wings, some see this here as a metaphor for God's compassion. As as in the protection of a mother bird maybe for her young babies. But on the other hand, David's reference to the familiar wings of the cherubim portrayed in the Ark of the Covenant seems to be more likely. Verse 5. For you, O God, have heard my vows. So in the process of petitioning the Lord, David here has made promises of obedience to him. Uh, If you remember Psalm 22, verse 22, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. In other words, uh, I will make a very public profession of my faith in you. 1 Samuel 1.11, and she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. This is an example of a vow made to the Lord. And David here asks God to remember the vows that he has made to God. He says, you have heard my vows. You've given me to the the heritage of those who fear your name. Heritage. As a member of God's community, David here receives the promises of the covenant, including the land of Israel and the promise of God's protection. 
And then he goes on and he says, prolong the life of the king, obviously referring to himself. May his years endure to all generations. The life of the king here, Israel's king was the center of the social order of Israel. The stability of that office, the office of the king, affected the stability of society as a whole. The earthly king here in Israel was a symbol of the divine king. You might say a type of the divine king. When you talk about types, um, this is getting into philosophy a little bit, but also biblical theology, you have types of tokens. The token is the original or the, uh, the real deal, if you will. And the type is the instance of that. So for example, if you have Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony is the token. Now, if you have the L.A. Philharmonic playing Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, that is a type of the token. If you have uh, the Austin Symphony Orchestra playing it, that is another type of the token. And so Jesus Christ, for example, is the token in Scripture. All of Scripture revolves around him. But there are types. There are even Old Testament types. Melchizedek is the, the most prominent one who is a type of the token of Jesus Christ. He is a type. That's why you hear the term typology. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know how far we can take that. Perhaps we could take it too far, but... But there are many typologies in the Old Testament. Uh, for example, Paul mentions Adam as a type of Christ, that through Adam, sin entered the world, and through Christ, righteousness entered his people. And so Christ is the new and the better Adam, if you will. Um, so the earthly king here, was a symbol or a type of the divine king. So when Christ came, his gospel announced the kingdom of heaven. That is the token. Verse 7. May he be enthroned forever before God. Now, Jesus Christ uh, is often referred to as the son of David. He is David's greater son. Now, Jesus fulfilled this verse right here beyond any expectation David could have ever had. Uh, certainly, David would have known about Messiah. But, uh, and there are messianic references in the Psalms. Would David himself have been able to know and understand what would eventually be fulfilled in Jesus Christ? I don't know, and I, I really... I lean towards no, probably not. <laughs> certainly he trusted God and certainly trusted in God's plan for his people. Uh, but this verse right here, when David says, may he be enthroned forever before God, uh, Jesus Christ fulfilled this beyond any expectation David could have ever had. And then he says, appoint steadfast love and faithfulness to watch over him. Steadfast love, specifically the loving kindness towards those with whom God is in covenantal relationship, his people. And so this psalm is a very uh, short psalm, but as I mentioned, elements of lament, of thanksgiving, and petition all wrapped up into this one psalm. And so this is a, a perfect example of how to pray, how to uh, frame our prayers to the Lord. And so this musical setting... Uh, is set in, with that in mind, 
that that we it is a prayer to God uh, with those elements of lament, of thanksgiving, and petition. And so this uh, musical setting is very declarative. It's very bold, but also at the same time includes these elements, so that it is a prayer to God on behalf of. Uh, the body, and on behalf of individuals. And so this is a a musical setting that you could use in the context of corporate worship or personal worship. So here is Psalm 61. Thank you for listening today to the Act of Worship podcast. This is Dr. Jonathan Michael Jones. My cry and prayer, oh God, attend For from the earth's remotest end To you I raise my cry I call when troubles fill my breast Oh, lead me to the rock of rest That higher is than I A refuge you have been for me I will abide And underneath your wings will hide Forever safe in you For you, O God, my vows have heard On me the heritage conferred Of him your name that fears My life you to the King will give He will live from age to age his years Before God's presence he'll abide So love and faithfulness provide Preserving him each day So to your name I'll always sing A song of praise I'll daily bring my vows may pay 